Chirp, chirp. Groaning, I throw my hand over my face. Morning already? Another day? Really? It seems I only went to bed five minutes ago. How could it possibly be time to wake up? The dramatic singing of the birds outside indicate that it is, in fact, morning, and that means I've made it to see the light of another day. Another lonely, dragging day of misery. Okay, that's slightly dramatic, but what can I say? It's my life now. More loud chirping makes me throw my arm from my face and slap it down on the bed beside me. All right, I'm up, I grumble, attempting to sit. My body aches and my head is pounding. It seems I wake up this way more often than not these days. The doctor tells me it's all in my head, that there is nothing physically wrong with me anymore. He didn't get his entire body beaten with a bat, so what the hell would he know? I feel it every time I move. My legs, mostly. An ache that seems like it'll never leave. A soreness in my muscles that I'm constantly trying to stretch out. I shove myself up to a sitting position and stare out the window. I see nothing but trees. Just a vast expanse of skinny, yet lush, trees. There's nowhere else I'd rather be. And that's the honest truth. I bought this tiny, one-bedroom cabin just outside of Colorado Springs for a bargain three years ago. The owner gave me a great deal because he had an emergency with his family and needed to sell it urgently. It was a dream come true for me. I left my home in Denver just before that, around the time I went from being a nobody to a famous serial killer survivor. I don't say this lightly. Fame didn't come as a relief. It came as my own personal hell. I was suffering serious mental instability, but my mother figured, hey, why not put my daughter in the spotlight by writing a novel about her horrible ordeal with a deranged psychopath? I'll never forget the hours she sat, talking to reporters, the police, and me about what happened. She managed to piece together enough information to make a bestseller. Seemed like a solid plan. The book took off, became massive overnight. So did I. Then came the time I couldn't walk down the street without being noticed by someone. If it wasn't insane requests for autographs... Really, who does that? It was people staring at me like I was a zoo animal. They were either too afraid to talk to me, scared, no doubt, that I might have a giant breakdown, or wanted to ask me a million nonsensical questions about my kidnapping. As if they were casually discussing a movie and not a human life. I played along for a while, for the sake of my family, Mostly for my widowed mother, who was smiling for the first time since my father died only a year before my kidnapping. But later, I struggled with knowing that her happiness came from exploiting my pain. After all, her daughter nearly lost her life, but then she was making millions from my story, so what the hell, right? I was suddenly a survivor. The girl who got away. The brave one the one who got a second chance at life. I didn't want any of that. 
I don't know why I didn't pack up and run earlier, but the truth is, I didn't even know my name most days. Intense therapy and people screaming for my story on the street made my already traumatized mind shut down. I lived most days like a zombie, moving through life purely because I had to, not because I wanted to. Instead of supporting me, my mother made my ordeal about her. Resentment lives deep in my chest daily because of that. Because she wasn't there for me when she needed to be. Because she didn't help me when I was suffering. Because she didn't comfort me when I'd wake up screaming from the nightmares. The god-awful nightmares. Even now, I see his face every time I close my eyes. My therapist assures me it won't be this way forever. I think she's wrong. I think it'll be this way for the rest of my life.